Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join me in an empty capital, devoid of people, but full of sunshine. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Angela Roach, creative director and co-founder of Design by Day, an experienced brand, digital and animation agency. Angela, hello. Hello there. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on the program today. Um, Before we uh, get into the actual conversation on leadership, uh, we really uh, need to address the COVID-19 situation. Sure, of course. um, How has it affected your business? Yeah, really good question. I assumed we'd be getting straight to uh, to COVID-19. Yeah, so I think like many... um, uh, agencies in in our industry in this digital and creative industry we are um often one of the first um uh, 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 first budgets to be cut in for different companies obviously mm. people want to people go in into i guess emergency mode and the requirements of design marketing um often uh, is is cut quite substantially so we noticed a few uh, projects sort of trickle off during the beginning and then a whole host of projects unfortunately have uh, either been put on hold or um or completely sort of um uh, dropped since um you know the last couple of weeks um but on the flip side we actually do have some work coming in because of it um things that we can actually get involved um as a team to help with covid19 mm. um one of them being a, a, a charity that we work with for, um the pharmacist full pharmacist support who are obviously under a a lot of pressure right now, so we're going to be helping them um, with, with some kind of uh, digital um, virtual wellness packages. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I'd imagine that quite a lot of your actual work can be done remotely. Yeah, that part of COVID-19 and the transition from the office to home was very smooth for us. A lot of our team work from home on a regular basis any, anyway, and sometimes, uh, and some of our team actually work from home full time. So that was no problem for us whatsoever. And it, similarly, uh, in uh, other agencies um, in our industry would have, would have found that quite, quite a smooth transition. Mm. Well, let's get on to the subject of leadership. Uh, of course, that's why you're here. Uh, I yeah. always like to open the conversation with a, with a very simple question that my uh, regular listeners know all too well. What does the word leader mean to you? Okay, good question. Um, well, I, I guess a leader is very different to, to, to different people. Um, and I think within the context of my organization, um, a leader means someone that um, uh, the, the people I'm lucky enough to work with can can lean on and uh, get, uh, um, receive direction and advice. Um, but equally, I think you know the, the word leader, um, you know, can be mistaken for somebody mm. that doesn't need a, um, uh, a bit of a, a advice and um, knowledge from their team. So I think it's a, you know leadership for me is a, it's very much a, a two way street. So it's very much a reciprocal arrangement. Yes, yes, most definitely. I don't think I could work any 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 other way. Um, I'm lucky to have a really great team around me that, you know, gives me as much as I give them, if not more. And how do you form that team? Uh, is it all done at recruitment or is this uh, something that you can take uh, clay and mold them into uh, what you wish? 
we've been very lucky um, recruiting people. We've never used a recruitment agency. Um, we've always steered, steered clear of them. Um, and I think in the beginning, that was obviously because we were a small company and it was to save money. But we've always had really good contacts within the universities um, in and around Manchester. Uh, so most of our team have been hand-plucked um, by our previous tutors um, that actually used to be my tutors or, or other team members uh, tutors whilst they was at university. So they know us, they know the team, so they, they're able to find for us um, team members that we know will fit uh, um, well culturally mm. um, and also have, have the right skill sets. And obviously that works for the universities as well because they get people into jobs. Fabulous. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic opportunity for young people, isn't it? Being able to get right into a job after university. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it really is, yeah. I'm sure it takes um, quite a lot of encouragement as well. Um, do you offer any sort of mentorship to these young people when they first come to you? Um, I guess I guess just by, you know, sort of coming into the company, they, they, they come into a, a, a mentorship role anyway. Um but equally, I think you know the the newer the newer people that we have employed will always benefit as well from those who have been with the company longer. And we have um, a pretty decent retention rate. So um, you know, whilst we're a small company of only eight people, we've been together a long time. Um, so um, anyone that does come in would receive mentorship from an, an, an experienced team anyway. Unfortunately, we haven't um, we haven't uh, run any uh, internship programs over the last few years. Um, I'm hoping to get involved, which is obviously going to be on hold, uh, with Salford University membership, uh, Mentorship Scheme. Um, it's a, 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 it might, might have changed, but originally it was a female mentorship scheme. So uh, I can uh, be put into, into touch with um, a, a designer from Salford University uh, graphic design course and uh, give them um, uh, advice and mentorship before they actually step into the job role. Um, which is great because that gives them a taste of industry before they actually get there. What's the first piece of advice that you'd offer to young people when they start up their careers? Um, that you are interviewing a company as much as they are interviewing you. It has to be a right place for you as well if you're going to be happy and productive in your role. Now, of course, uh, your leadership has to have derived from somewhere. Let's go back to the beginning of your career uh, when you first started out <laughs> working um, now, I would imagine that there may have been some circumstances or even a, a role model who, who shaped you as you are today. Uh, will you talk a bit about that? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would, and I always say this to them as well because I'm still in touch with them, um, two people, um, two tutors that I had on my course. I, I was also, a, I'm a Salford University graduate myself, um, class of uh, 2000 either six or seven can't exactly remember which one now um but I, I'd, I'd love to name them mark scargill and tash wilcox were my tutors um, at university mark is still at the university now and tash uh, runs one of the courses at hyper island which is a private uh, design creative uh, course um for industry um those guys um really really helped me whilst i was at university and uh, mm. just gave me the right in, in the right direction um so yeah uh, um, props to those guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, well, um, unfortunately, our time together is starting to uh, draw to its close. But I'd be remiss no if if before uh, we started to uh, to depart, if I didn't ask you, uh, 
if you had to objectively choose the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be? <laughs> um, wow, my mom. She's the head of the family now. She's a matriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a very uh, a very reasoned and political answer. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to get brownie points for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, before uh, we go, uh, what does the next 12 months have in store for Design by Day? Well, obviously, the next few months are, are very unknown, um, but we've got a very, very strong team. We're all very uh, uh, close, and we've had some difficult yet um, honest um, conversations about you know the, the, um, the potential of potential outcomes. I see us um, making it through this. I think you know, like every other company, um, we're, we're, we're cutting costs where, where we can, um, and obviously taking advantage of the government scheme where where, um, where they're available to us. Um, I think we'll just come out um, stronger, and I think we'll be very, very sort of more. Um, we'll, we'll be a more lean company, mm. and I think we'll be more choosy about the projects that we take on. I think what's been really helpful for us is that we're actually working with some very positive charitable projects right now, and that keeps us in a great mindset as, as, as well as obviously um, afloat in times like this. Well, Angela, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you, and I very much hope that you can come back on the program at some point in the future when things quiet down a bit more. Angela, thank you. Thank you ever so much. Nice to speak to you. That was Angela Roach, Creative Director and Co-Founder of Design by Day. And now, if you haven't heard it before, it's Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Sir Jeff Hurst, uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex... Uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Although there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me, realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool. Many, many years ago, 1962, I think that was. So I didn't, and, um, yes, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess, one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a, there's a, another world that might exist where... Um, so Jeff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership, it can't be understated no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at, at football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and a manager over many, many, many years. He and He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over years, I guess. He would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with. So you, you're very... 
fortunate. I think you, you just think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and uh, a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood and, of course, a great manager in South Ramsey. So to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case. Absolutely. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with, with a manager like, like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with your other players. And of course, they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more? Was it Peter's? I think probably, well, I was very fortunate to play with the caliber of the players I did. Again, again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters, who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved and what a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain, Bob Noor. Although he was only... Uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more, looked upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy in the same age group as me. And I looked at how he, how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he, he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, I do understand clearly in all walks of life, leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident, I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranties to car dealerships, and you could almost tell when you walked into the business, uh, in a, many of the car dealerships, you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all. And so I understand the, the, the value and quality of leadership and that's why I'm very fortunate to, to be involved in my career in those early days with two two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Alf Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that, but obviously... Uh, after uh, or at West Ham, your uh, playing came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man I'm sure. When you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge. When it came to managing that England team, what was his style like, Jeff? Well, one thing, the first thing I say about Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person. Um, naturally, it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand. Whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you, it can have a great impact on your <laughs> your career and of course your life. But yep. in that era, I was involved for six or seven years. He it was quite clear who was the boss. He was quite very very strict. Probably at a time, maybe overly strict. But at a time, you probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now. But he was the most powerful man I came across, and very few people. And he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who he didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group, part of a team. 
it is important that if you've got a group of people, and that's in any walk of life, they're all singing off the same hymn for you. And you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. And if you've got people like that in the organization, one thing I have learned, and I've taken it on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in the group that doesn't want to be part of it, you, you get them out. And Alpha, I think, was was quite ruthless of that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one thing I, one of the most serious ones I think I've learned over a long period of time. And is there, do you think, uh, a, a specific moment? I'm sure there's probably dozens, but is there a specific moment, Jeff, you could uh, perhaps pick right now that did show those uh, qualities in uh, Sir Alf so uh, sharply? Yes, I think for, for me, certainly, um, I think there are instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team or certainly in the squad and surprising there were not. There was no necessary reason for it. But looking mm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um, so that that's that for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it only a few games before. I was I was playing and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I were going to be playing in, in the team. But in a couple of friendly games, more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway, I think, in Denmark, mm. I didn't. I played two of the four games. And I probably didn't quite replicate my, my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England. And he, he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay. He started off with Jimmy Green and Roger Allen. So I, I had an impact of thinking I, at that stage I like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Green's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those qualities, it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them. And there really must have been moments, Jeff, maybe there weren't, but uh, let us know in that 66 competition, the prolonged pressure on all of you, you know, the weight of a nation, did it get to you? Oh, not for me personally, no. I, I think, and I don't, uh, not for me, not for a second. I think mm. I was just happy to be, you know, be involved in the squad initially. Uh, not at all. I didn't, you're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really, looking back out. Mm. So I never really felt, people talk about pressure a lot and it's there and people, players talk about, people talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessarily feel any great pressure, pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he'd moved one or two players out, the squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, uh, top-quality people. And that was, again, the leadership that Alf showed. He, he got people in together that were very, very strong personally. Um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very... I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Uh, we have some great players, but 
overall, they were great hard-nosed professional players um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realised there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I, I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows, in fact, starting this week, over the next uh, three months. And uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And there's, I won't mention both. They're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, The other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the other ridiculous question I get asked, did I realise there were people on the pitch? And, of course, I jokingly say, yes, I was just about to, to shoot to score the goal. And I looked round, put my foot on the ball, and looked round for a little while, and said, "Oh dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch." So that—I've uh, been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke, make a joke about that, and saying, "Yes, I put my foot on the ball and waited to just have a, look, have a glance round." You know. Maybe it does prove there are things that, such as stupid questions, really. Um... Oh yeah, there are. There certainly are. I've got another one which I won't bore you with. It won't be too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey or Channel Line, Jersey or Jersey, two or three mm. years ago, and most stu- stupid, irrelevant questions, absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely, but I can use that now, but it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then, but we. Um, uh, well, you want me, I, I can tell you if you want, you want, you've got time, I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on, go on. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh, doing a. a at a dinner in, in the Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard a, somebody at the back who, who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give mm-hmm. this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. <laughs> what, what a question. What a question. Uh, well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like I that. Just, but I, then again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did... Uh, um, but then again, if you, put, if you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. Um, <laughs> but th- there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff. I think um, you, you were a young man when see, this happened, when you must have realised that people, teammates, began looking at you for leadership. Um, is that something that occurred to you, or did you just realise that by, by quick, one way or the other, people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration? Well, possibly. That's never really struck me until you've actually mentioned it now, quite frankly. That's a new, a new question. Mm. Does anybody look up to me? I'm sure perhaps uh, there are. There are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke and, of course, in, uh, England fans who... Um, 
I'm, I think probably yeah, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest that I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration. Um, you, but, you don't but have to, but I will. Uh, well, um, it's, it's okay for a third party to do it, perhaps. Um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a, a helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you, how you behave and set examples on and off the pitch is people must realise that that's, that has an influence, how you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field. Surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team latterly. Um, yeah. And and with that, looking at um, uh, football today, uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with um, those qualities that you could identify in a in a natural leader? Um, well, a, a player, current players, you mean? Oh, players, managers, anybody that uh, you look to today, really? Well, I think. Some of the outstanding. I think the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is is, is uh, Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. He has been absolutely fantastic to uh, acquire the players and get them to their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. It's that a good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that, that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely. That's, that's absolute leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson is just absolutely. Mm. You've got to take him as the first example. But Klopp's only done this for a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the 25, 26, 27 years that Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United, and subsequently since he's gone, how they they are not doing so well. He's the best example of management I've seen. We've seen we've probably ever seen, and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again. It's ast- absolutely astonishing, astonishing. And do you think, could you imagine uh, Sir Alf or even Ron Greenwood managing teams today? Yes, I think so. I think, yes, no, mm. no question at all. I think they, uh, Ron Greenwood, yeah, the, the answer, straightforward answer is yes. Um, they, answer. <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, and with, um, and I know uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um, I'm conscious of the um, time. Um, looking um, back uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England, who was it uh, that, struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership but uh, companionship and and level-headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later? 
Well, I think we were very fortunate, and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at that, so many, yeah, so many, and that's why we were successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding, and uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. And going back from an earlier earlier question for me, the um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days every year uh, up until about five years ago. Of course, with, with the sadly dwindling yes. numbers, we we still got on. The wives got on all together. All those years later, it didn't just finish after '66. That reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. um, getting on with each other lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't and when it, when you put those those questions and how you categorise those, I would pick every one of the eleven players um, who you put in that category that were like that. And there was nobody else; they were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big Absolutely. a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We have some great players. We have some great players, of course. But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, we wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, the the, the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts, but with it. Yes, the word is team. team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk sometimes. Together, everyone achieves more. And that, that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly, uh, Jeff, looking, if, if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life, what would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single mind and uh, dedication dedication to the job um, thinking about that 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 role that job in leadership all the time it's a huge part of your life but it, you, I don't think you can switch off when you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level you may you know have a, wait, have a couple of weeks holiday but I'm even sure if, if these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm I'm sure there's not uh, they will not switch off for for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's you completely focus. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements, and it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over this, go with the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence and leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, its parent company or subsidiaries. Members of staff 
all the guests, or any other person therein associated.